Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our Box Number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for the show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Welcome to a very special installment of Box Number Five Twelve Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am your co-host Aeon, and I'm the Lioness. So this is a very special edition episode that you all will be getting this week. This will, when this comes out, it'll be out on Monday morning. If you have not heard, or you just been under a rock. The community is in an uproar because Janet gave a speech or she spoke at the premiere party for the season three premiere of Pose. And she said some choice words and it sent rumblings, not only through the trans community, but through the entertainment community. And of course, with us being a platform to kind of amplify Black trans women voices and having our finger on the pulse of what's going on in the community. A lot of people have been reaching out to us collectively, individually, asking what we think about this particular issue. So we are just going to take some time out and create a space to really unpack this Janet Mock situation and what she said and all of that. So we will start here. I'm going to start by reading some lines. So when I first heard about the story, I saw somebody shared an article, a page six article about Janet giving her speech at the Pose premiere party. And I'm just gonna read a couple of lines from the article. It says, Janet Mock, an executive producer and director on the FX drama Pose, left co-stars, network bosses, and reporters stunned at the show's premiere party Thursday nights by ad-libbing a wide-ranging and flabbergastingly fiery speech. During the 15-minute speech, she complained about how much the network is paying her, demanded better treatment for the trans community, shouted F Hollywood, revealed that she slept with someone in the show's crew, asked her pose actor boyfriend not to leave her over the infidelity, decried the quality of the writing on the show, and had a brief conversation with co-creator and Hollywood mogul Ryan Murphy from the stage. Early in her talk, Mach 38 wondered aloud, why am I making $40,000 an episode? Huh? I'm angry, she said, demanding more money and perks equal to other TV executives. The room at the Jazz at Lincoln Center fell completely silent as Mock shouted, F Hollywood, does this make you uncomfortable? It should. It should make you effing shake in your mother effing boots. This is speaking truth. This is what Pose is. Mock next complained about the quality of material from male writers on the show, the show's first two episodes, then addressed Murphy saying that you brought, you brought girls in to help you. Who brought in the girls, she asked him. I did. And Murphy replied, I wanted the girls to be there. But the speech took an even more personal turn when Mock demanded that boyfriend Angel Bismarck Curiel, aka Little Poppy, stand up right now. Bismarck Curiel nervously stood up and Mock said to the crowd, let me tell you something about love. Today I was going to let Angel go, she said. I was going to let you go, right? But what did I do? I asked someone on the crew, right? At that revelation, one of the show's guest stars could be heard gasping and asked, what the hell is happening? Angel, Angel, I'm not losing you. You hear me? You are effing important to me, Mike continued. I don't want to live in the house alone. I want you, you mother effer, right there. That's who I want. I'm getting what's mine. 
Mock then apologized to composer Our Lady J, a producer and writer on Pose, and she said she tried to diminish her to make myself bigger. I effed up, y'all. I forgot who the F I was. They want me to come up here and pretend she said, I don't need Hollywood, honey. You know why? Because I'm effing free. And then she had some comments for the other trans woman on the show. Um, it's a show, but it means so much to everyone to ensure that we enable black and brown trans women to make it because that sounds good, she said sarcastically. It makes you comfortable to talk like that because then I don't scare you into facing the effing truth. You all have stomped on us. And I'm just going to leave it there because that's pretty much all of the article. And as you can imagine, when this news was released through various entertainment uh, publications and mediums and on Black Twitter, it, it was, everything was a shit show. Everything was in an uproar. And I'm going to turn it over to my sis because I know my sis has some strong opinions on this. I think our our perception our angle that is that we're going to take with our particular platform is yes black trans women are consistently underpaid and undervalued across all industries anything that we do we're coming in um, making less this is not anything new this is not anything groundbreaking we know that and i'm for black trans women Y'all know I'm for Black trans women getting what they deserve and more. I don't have an issue with that. My particular issue with this whole situation, and not even with Janet, but certain gatekeepers in the Black trans community or in the Black trans sphere or the girls with the blue checks, uh, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this blanket. We need to wrap our arms around her or we need to... Um, lift her up and we're only we're only going to lift up the equal pay stuff that she brought up but we're not going to address anything else we're gonna we're gonna act like we didn't hear that I have a problem with that I I'm just not going to do that I think that every fact is relevant every fact matters she is a public figure she put her business out there Therefore, we're going to dissect it. It wasn't like nobody forced her to volunteer all of this extra information. She did this herself. Now, if this is having like a mental health breakdown, as somebody that has my own mental health journey and struggles, I'm very sensitive to that. But in my personal opinion, I don't think this is the rallying cry, cry where we need to rally up all of the girls and make a statement, especially for someone who really doesn't She's not really from my, and let me say this, I've never personally met Jana Mott. I don't know her, but I'm just going off of what I observe, how she moves in community and um, an intimate relationship with girlfriends and sisters who do know her or who have had experiences with her. I don't, this whole, we need to, we need to just declare our love and rush everything to uplift her in this moment. That's not really reciprocated from her. So, mm -hmm. sis, I'm going to let you come in. I, I feel like you have some things you need to say. So, come on, sis. This is where I feel. Before I go any further into addressing specifically the facts of this, of this situation. Right. I want to be very specific and say, here at Box Number 512 Podcast, we are Black grown trans woman talk. What we aspire to do on this show is to center the conversation, not just on the things and issues that matter to us, but on things that are relevant to us, things that affect the community. Um, I think that the I, I want to I want to first put out there if Janet Mock is having a mental episode, then that is something that when that information comes out, we will address then. Right. We will only address on this podcast the evidence and the facts that have been presented to us from her own mouth regarding what her behavior what her behavior looks like. And until we get more clarity, we're operating on that information. I say that because I want to address the people out there that are operating on assumptions. So one, it is an assumption that Janet Mock is having a mental episode. Regardless of how crazy it looks to us, she might just be having a real vulnerable moment where she's being her finally her real self. 
We don't know that. And I don't like the idea that when someone does something that is um, not typical to their not typical to their normal behavior, that we automatically, without us being medical professionals, label them mentally health, mentally disabled, and then that then now makes it to where we can't critique them. Okay, she is she's not been identified, nor has she come out publicly and said that that episode was a result of a mental episode. Therefore, we are not defending. We are not attacking someone that was made that might be having a mental health episode. We're rather calling out a leader who has demonstrated behavior that not only is questionable, could be actionable. And we'll talk about those parts later. For right now, what I will say is when what the, from what we just read in, in the, in the um, article that Brianna read to us, from what we just heard, there is no denying that this is someone that in my opinion has had a power that has been gone unchecked and that is being abused. This is someone that is also perhaps frustrated. This is also someone that is also perhaps disgruntled. This is also one that may even have valid reasons for being angry. And I'll and I and I can unpack both parts of the argument and still be and, and still be fair. So here's the part that I'm saying. Yes, we don't get paid enough in Hollywood. Yes. Yes. The girls are not getting paid enough. Yes, the writing probably had room to be desired before she brought the girls in. What I don't like about what Janet did and what she's doing in this moment is using her position in movement to hide her misdeeds behind. So in this moment, we can have a pay conversation and that it's important to have a pay conversation. We can have a discrimination conversation about trans women and how we're often discriminated in the workplace. But this is a trans woman that was given a leadership position. This is a trans woman who, according to a lot of the women defending her, is as has had to live a standard and has had to uphold a standard. Nobody asked her to do that. No one asked her to come out and take up space in the movement that was already going before she came out. No one asked her to hide behind the elders of this movement and then come out later with her narrative, only to then now, like we're supposed to not be able to critique her because she is decided to make herself the face of something. That is on her. I know no one asked Janet Mock to take up that much space and not ask other trans women to share with her. She decided to make that fight them on her own. So we will take her down alone because that's because there's no other trans woman that is responsible for what she did, which is she was an executive producer on this show. She has had, she has used her role in authority in this in position in this show to, to not, not only date a subordinate, but then demanded that subordinate stand up. When she demanded him to stand, was she demanding him to stand as a boss? Was she demanding him to stand as a lover? The lines are blurred, we don't know. But she demanded that Ariel stand in front of all those people. And then she commenced to tell him, I was gonna let you go. Well, we don't know what she meant by that. Did she mean she was gonna fire him as a cast member? Because he is at his job at a work function. And she made him stand up. As a boss or as a boss or a wife or as a lover, what was that? So now we don't know whether or not he was going to be fired. When you said I was going to let you go, let you go as a partner or let you go as a as a business person, as a as a colleague. These are questions that are relevant. And I had and and then taking it the step further, then when she said I fucked another crew member, okay, sis, this is the second employee now. I'm hearing that you <laughs> <laughs> this is a pattern. This is starting to be a pattern of behavior. It sounds like you're using your position in leadership to take advantage of people who do not have the same level of equity in the situation. That is the entire reason why the Me Too movement in Hollywood was important. And if I remember, Janet, you were a voice in the Me Too movement. I remember what you said about your interview with Morgan Freeman and how he made you feel uncomfortable and you felt no problem using that to chime your way into the voices of the Me Too movement. So now we're here, sis, full circle moment. You fucked two employees. And, and, let, and let me come in real quick. We're not we're not saying, oh, because she is 38 and he's 25. It's a, it, no. no. If you want to go run with your young piece, go do that. What we're saying is, it's the it's the the relationship dynamic. It's the work dynamic. people when you are the executive producer over a show that they have to get a check from to survive. So then, if you look at the power distance between an executive producer and a cast member, that is the reason why in Harvey Weinstein, right, was who he was. 
not in that situation, he was using coercion, but it's still the same power dynamic of I am. This is an executive using their position because at the end of the day, like what she said, I was going to let you go. How do we know what was going through Ariel's mind in that moment? Did he think that she was saying, let me go from my job? If I leave this relationship now that you claimed me and said, that's the motherfucker I want. Now that she's claimed him and marked her territory as if he's a dog, how does this show up at the workplace? How does this go through at the next table read? How does this work at the next time you're directing my episode? Because I know as an executive producer, you can fuck up my time. You can fuck up my airtime. You can actually affect my job. So that's already an unfair power dynamic. But then to say, I had a problem with you, whatever that problem is, and I was going to let you go, whatever that means. But now I'm going to go, fuck another employee to make a point. It's like, sis, I know that her publicist is dying a slow death right now. I know her team is dying a slow death. I know the the people around her that really put their eggs in a basket. Y'all are dancing right now. And you're dancing on a, on, with, no, with no leg to stand on because y'all cannot defend this behavior. I will not. Like, like Yana says, not on my watch. I will not allow us as a community to become the very hypocrites, the very, very gaslighters that we, uh, we claim other people are to us about real issues regarding sexual abuse in the workplace and sexual harassment. Not on my watch will we pretend like Janet Mock did not just take her power position and abuse it to give herself a, a power differential between two employees. Now, regardless of what happens from this, I do feel like we are hypocrites in this community, especially as black trans women, as much as we talk about the sexual violence that we go through as people, as much as we talk about how control and domination and oppression in the workplace affects us, as many of us has been in that situation and it was a man doing it to us. How dare us then now not stand with uh, not stand with a man who can also be me too. Let's put that out there also. I don't like that there are a lot of her defenders using the fact that this is a man and he chose to be in it and he consented to be in this relationship as a, as a way of excusing the behavior. Can you really consent to your employer? That's the question. Can you really end a relationship with your employer and not expecting to affect your job? Is that a question? That's the question we should be asking ourselves. We should be addressing the fact that this woman Mind you, even if I'm going to go off of what she said in this speech, we're going to let we're going to let this woman hide behind a pay argument. We're going to let this woman hide behind trans rights. We're going to let her drag her cast members into this unraveling. She was she did everything she could to try to deflect. But ultimately, what was ultimately revealed is that the woman that we put all of our eggs in the basket of and we'll talk about why we did that later. Why in community is Janet Mock so important to y'all? We'll talk about that in a minute. And that's what I want to know from you, Brianna. But for y'all in here right now defending her, there is no excuse for this behavior if you claim that you are about sexual justice and, and rights for people and the rights of an employer, employee, excuse me, to be able to go to their work and not be harassed or threatened or feel threatened or be compelled to stand or be compelled to be humiliated in front of their colleagues. Mind you, this man is a cast member. These are his colleagues and she made him stand up to do this. We have to check her. She's toxic. And as far as I'm concerned, until a further notice, I'm not fucking with her. What do you think, sis? Damn, girl. <laughs> Going back to the pay argument. So I looked up the the average, like the range of what a, a TV executive producer is supposed to be paid. Now, she says she was only making $40,000 an episode. I looked it up, and anybody can go and look it up on Google, and it can range from $30,000 to $100,000 per episode. And I say that to say this, if, if I, the regular person who's not in the TV industry, can, can type on my, my laptop and figure out you know what's the range of stuff or what you should be getting paid i just i just don't believe that you, I, I feel like facts are being left out i feel like facts are being left out and like this is just saying that her pay isn't good in comparison to someone because her pay is not bad pay well for her industry 
it, it's kind of on the low end, but this is but th this goes to my point here. You're putting this image like you're this girl and you're the one. Where are your lawyers? Where is your team of lawyers at? Like where are your where are your folks that, that are supposed to negotiate your contracts and fight on behalf for you to take care of that to make sure you're getting paid what you should be paid. Why and are we having paid negotiations on the Lincoln Center stage? Where's the team sis? <laughs> right. Like where is your like where is your team? Like where is your, if you had a lawyer or this is my thing, and we I think we talk about this on the show a lot. Celebrity and stardom, that's new for a lot of the girls in our community. And I think I think people are still thinking that visibility means that you have made it or means that your life is set up where you can just because you fit the look that everything is gonna fall in line and you and you think you're just oblivious from dealing with the regular isms and schisms of being a black trans woman moving through an industry. And here is a perfect example where Jane, her passability and her desirability in the end, it didn't save her. And she had to make a fool of herself to pull a point. But if you were doing what you were supposed to do and you had your affairs in order, this wouldn't even been an issue. Or if you had that much integrity and it was below your pay grade, you could have left. Like nobody was forcing you to be there. And listen, sis, if it was all of that behind the scenes, if you felt stepped on, if you felt like you weren't getting, you felt like the writing was shitty, why were you, were, you had no problem extolling the virtues of this show, calling it your baby, creative work. I've listened to your interviews. So for me, Janet, it's really confusing that you one minute, I support this, this is wonderful to the point where you actually participate. You actually have not stood with other girls who tried to speak against the show. Now let's talk about it. It's not like the bitch is extremely sisterly and has been always at the at her co-host side when they have had their issues. There were moments where she could have picked a side and she could have stood with people and she didn't. So what? Let's. I want to put that in the space as well. It's not like we're dealing with somebody that is always fighting this fight. She's no. only fighting this fight now that her 40,000 isn't enough for her. She's only now talking about how bad the writing is after she didn't get the pay she wanted. After, after the talking, final season is completed. After the final season is completed. When they're, this is this is a wrap anyway. She's, all, she's only doing this because she's not, she's pitching a fit because she's not getting her way. And what she, in my opinion, she's doing is tanking the legacy of something that she doesn't think is as profitable as she wanted it to be. I, now, let's take it from producer and let's make it, girl, these other black trans women, are you were you advocating as hard for them behind? Yeah, because what were if you weren't making enough, what were they making? And are and, 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 and was that a part of your reasoning for what you did? Because I'm sis, I'm not getting how you were all about this show to the point where you had a good morning America um interview to promote the show book this past Friday. But earlier in the week all of a sudden you have a whole epiphany about your whole life and now this entire show was a problematic experience and fuck hollywood well guess what sis you decided to be in hollywood nobody twisted your neck nobody forced you nobody took told you to take the marie claire article and, and and profess yourself to be this trans woman you did all of that and we honor the fact that it took bravery. So I want to say that I can hear a world. I can hear her fans. I can hear other trans leaders saying y'all are not acknowledging that this woman has been through a lot, whether she signed up for it or not. She has, she has, she has been in the public eye. She has been in scrutiny. She has taken that leadership role, but to whom much is given much is required. So you don't get to sit in the press ops and get the pictures. You don't get to go and be next to the president. You don't go to get to, take, to, to speak for all trans people on Melissa Harris Perry and all of the other things that also built your career on the backs of girls like us. And then when girls like us are giving critique or we're trying to give our opinion, your friends and other people that are your supporters are making it like girls like us don't shouldn't have a right to say anything because of, right. all, because of all that you've been through. Well, girl, we've all been through a lot. You don't have the you don't have a monopoly on pain. You don't have a monopoly on leadership in this community. And you damn sure don't speak for all of us. So for you to be in a situation where you're going to you're going to take a moment and mind you. Like I said, 
whatever the reasoning behind the emotional reaction, clearly sis was unraveling. So you're taking this moment, you're having this extremely emotional overshare about your personal relationship at the same time while you're having a conversation about money, a conversation about gender, a conversation about equity, a conversation. It's like, it's too many things all mashed together in this confusing ass ball of mess for us to decipher what she really meant. But what we do know and what I could pick up from the details I got, she fucking employees and she needs to stop. Yeah, and I I am not scared of having my position and having my uh, just being on the side. Like I said, I had it right and wrong is wrong. Right, I have I have I can have compassion up for a point, but I think we're past the point of just blindly supporting somebody because it's another black trans woman. I'm just I'm just not I'm not interested in doing doing that, especially when it doesn't feel right in my spirit. I feel like. Certain things are being omitted. Certain things are being left out. And it's just it's messy. It doesn't make sense. And then the whole point about her interaction with Lady J, like everybody's like, well, she is acknowledging how she um, um, was shady to Lady J, how she tried Saying to- that I'm shady to you is not, do, not doing anything. That's not a kind right. of- it's acknowledging that I shaded you. It's not saying I'm sorry. It's not like, and then she pulled again, what a lot of people aren't realizing in her fuck Hollywood speech, she's pulling in all these other things that probably should have been separate conversations that probably would have had better forums. Cause I'm sure our lady J could have, would have appreciated that in a personal conversation. This isn't, right. I don't want that. I don't want your acknowledgement that you offended me in your fuck Hollywood speech. Like, that's not where this is supposed to happen, sis. And for those girls out there that are understanding and empathetic of the pressures that she's been under, that's fine. I understand and I empathize for the fact that that bitch probably is going through a lot. And there's probably a lot of stress that we never know at that executive level. I think that she handled this fucking deplorably. I think that the conversation she was having with Ryan Murphy about bringing the girl. But but girl, let's tell the real story. You created the isolation. Like you created that, like, and this is a this is a cautionary again. This is a this is why I'm so open with my life and my professional journey. This is a cautionary tale of what it looks like when you think you're climbing the corporate ladder and you're breaking the glass ceiling, and you feel like you're on this level and the the regular girls down there on that level. And then it, when you're not in con- when you're not in constant conversation, where you're not in community, then you get isolated, and then you back yourselves in the corners, and then you get into situations like this. Because what we do know from Caitlyn Jenner and other trans people that do crazy shit, your skin folk ain't always your kin folk. So her being black and trans does not guarantee her a pass. Her being a black trans leader does not give her a pass to be a abuser of power. Her being a black trans leader does not give her the right to use our movement. To use the pay, to use the pay to use a pay conversation to essentially quit your job, sis. This is not. This was. This is something that I felt like could have been handled, like you said, through a team. This was something that I'm sure there were. There's whole systems in place to handle. Bitch, you're a part of a union. Right. Like and when, then once you get the money, once you get the. Let's say they the FX or Ryan Murphy say, "Oh, we fucked up. We'll give you the money." Then what? Now what, sis? Is it still a shitty workplace? Is it still toxic? Are we still stomped on? Is it still fuck Hollywood? Because this is not how you argue for more money, sis. Like them, like the, like the, if you get what you want, then what? If I'm Netflix, I'm letting you the fuck go because how the fuck fuck Hollywood? <laughs> I mean, girl, fuck Hollywood. That's what you said. And this is my problem with that. And this is why we need to be careful of people who want, who allow, who tokenize themselves and then use that tokenization to then play victim later. You take this leadership role and say, I am the executive producer. And like she told Ryan Murphy, I brought you the girls. Well, girl, right, you was pimping the girls out with some Thank shit. you. That's the dynamic that is never going to work for me, sis. How the fuck, I don't like nobody feeling like they're going to denigrate the work, the respect, 
the years of experience of all of those trans women that deserve to be in that room. That and was acting the- way longer before you decided to get into the tele- television world. That was, you doing chitlin, like that was doing chitlin circuit trans- stage plays. Yes. Before, you were still before you even thought you were going to become a trans woman in this uh, openly in this community. There were before girls- you were outed. Before you were about to be outed. Let's get into it. Let's not act like all of this is altruistic. You placed yourself in this token position where you allowed yourself to be a gatekeeper. That's what I heard in what you said. You are happy to be a gatekeeper, to be a bitch at the door determining the fate of us. You were content to argue with Ryan Murphy and you felt like it was a power play to do it in front of the other colleagues you're talking about to say, I brought you to girls. Well, if I was a cast member on that show, if I were a creative girl or if I were a girl that gave any type of consultation, I would feel some type of way that this bitch feel like she can, she's determining my fate. And the idea that she was comfortable being the token and now wants us to feel bad because it's stressful being at the door holding you bitches back. It's stressful holding you bitches back in check, letting, deciding who gets to walk in. That's stressful, isn't it, Janet? That's the role you put for yourself. That's what you told Ryan Murphy. That's what I heard with my ears. So then now, were you, when you were walking the girls in, did you know that it was a toxic work environment then? Because you, according to you, the girls are being treated away and we're being stomped on. So girl, were you leading us to slaughter? Because again, you brought the girls. Isn't that what you're claiming? Because you're denigrating, you're infantilizing these girls, you're taking away their own right to say that they had a career, you're actually minimizing their creatives, their publicists, their team's work, hard work to help them get where they are. You're saying you brought the girls. Well, if you brought the girls, bitch, were you bringing them to slaughter? Because again, when you get your money, when you get your money, when they give you your money that you want, is it still fuck Hollywood? How am I to trust you on your next venture? When will she snap again and say fuck Hollywood and fuck the work and the creative work of all the people around her, those trans women who were at the table, you said fuck them too, to be clear. Those colleagues of yours that you tried to name in your fuck Hollywood speech, you're talking to them as well because they trusted you. You brought them to the table, if if I'm going off of what you said. You have a responsibility. To whom much is given, much is required. So in this moment, when you've chosen to make yourself the token, I don't feel bad for you that you in this position are abusing it. And I don't feel bad that your abuses are being called out. And I don't feel bad for you. Don't cry for me, Argentina. You've decided to be that girl. Well, if you're going to be that girl, it comes with a critique when we find out you fucking employee. When we find out that you're not necessarily the nicest person and you're minimizing other black trans creatives. You said it out of your own mouth. You acknowledging it on a stage is the first step. The first step and the first step is accepting that you have a problem. Now that you have a problem, what is your what is your path to atonement? What is the accountability that needs to happen? What does that look like for you, Janet? And for any girl that may find themselves in a situation where they've been given power and you abused it. Because what we do know is absolute power corrupts absolutely. And apparently she absolutely thought that she had absolute power over who comes and who goes, who's at the table, who brings the girls, who controls the girls, the flow of the girls. She thought she had some power in that. So now you're in the power spot, sis. You're in the power spot. Now you you have a responsibility to be respect to be responsible. You have a responsibility with your three million dollar next Netflix deal to provide content to support our work and community. If it's still on the table, because you know, if it's still on the table, you have a responsibility. You actually have a responsibility before you just shoot shit out like that. That you think, especially if you want to then get on the mic and use all of our community rights and our issues as a platform to grandstand and. Let me also reveal that I'm also abusing my power in employees. Let me also reveal that. Let me also show you how strong my power is by forcing one of my manslave employees. God bless his soul. And I respect to Ariel. You don't deserve nothing. And I'm not trying to give you nothing. The way she talked to you gave that. I don't, I want to respect this man. He didn't, he doesn't ask for nothing negative. And the girls that are very casting him, like he deserved this. I heard a girl on my thread say how he, he, he should have known what he was getting into. She, he should have known they were hot. No, 
we would never. And I, 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 I want to say something to that. Like, all of these girls that are just skating past the, like, okay, the infidelity is not our business, even though she brought it up. But just for the sake of argument, all of these girls are that are just going to ignore the infidelity in that part. I want y'all to know these some of the girls that I see that is caping and going in, these are the some of the same girls crying, talking about they can't find a trans amorous man. It's so hard. Who's gonna love me? Who's gonna love me? Like y'all are the same girls talking about how you can't find somebody. Then when the situation is reversed and it's a trans woman participating in infidelity, it's just like we're gonna look the other way. Just know that people are watching so when it when it, it when it come when it's your turn to ride the ride don't try to smear nobody don't try to rally the girls to come bash some some men because that's the energy that y'all are giving out like i just i just want y'all to be mindful of that and it's giving very big ap- apologist tease um in a way that we often check men for um, we often check men a lot of times for gaslighting us and making it like, well, if she should have known if she was fucking her boss that, you know what I'm saying, that that could happen and this and that and the third. Those are excuses that men's give, men give to, de- to, to, to deny women's voices, to silence folk. And the reason why it usually is a man-woman dynamic is because usually men are in that power position. So if we've gotten comfortable in society being able to clearly identify when a man is overstepping. What we have to get comfortable identifying is that now that women are getting power and in positions of power, we need to look at that, that dynamic of what it could look like for a woman to be in power and to use her power to abuse subor- the, the power position with subordinates. If she's having sex with subordinates, demanding that they stand up, demanding, like, I don't think y'all realize how many levels of fucked up that was for me. Just for me. And, and let's I, be clear, it's not toxic femininity. It's it's a woman upholding patriarchy. Let, let's, let's be very clear. Because ultimately, because ultimately, she was not, she was still operating in the, in the dominant power structure that says, as a boss, it's okay if I want to dabble and sample the fruits. Of, of, of my employees. She's still operating with the same power that is given to power positions through patriarchy. So while she's a woman in that same system, the system has allowed it to where producers in Hollywood, particularly because we know the casting couch is the thing. Like, how, because, particularly because we know that it does affect your career sometimes when you tell someone no, when you're in there, your employer. That's why we have rules and procedures in place so that we don't have people in power, people who are in charge of your hours, people in charge of your pay, people who in charge of your, your, your whole future, people who direct episodes. Like if y'all look at that power dynamic, this lady had executive producer power over someone that was a pure collecting a check cast member and then said, I was going to let you go, but then I decided to fuck another cast member. Well, bitch, hold on. That sounds to me no different than an abuser, a serial abuser of power positions, no different than any of these men. And I will be on the right side of history. We at Box Number 5 to a podcast will be on the right side of history because we believe that injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. We believe that it is not okay for one specific issue, for something that can affect everyone to only be relevant when it affects us. So it only is abuse is only irrelevant when a trans person is getting abused. That's not okay for me. I un, I understand that we should stand up and protect each other, but not when we ourselves are, are doing wrong. wrong. I'm just not I'm just not going to just sit back and turn a blind eye, especially for somebody that has demonstrated that they only care about their career. They don't give a fuck. They don't really give a fuck about. And let's talk about why y'all are so quick to elevate her and protect Janet because she's desirable. She she fits the package and she fits the mold. She's beautiful. And, really you know, sick are the girls that are doing that just because they live for how she looks. Right. Because y'all live for how she, because she's passable. But just two weeks ago, 
when Arya Saeed was being dragged on the internet, I ain't seen none of y'all girls um, come back to defend her. It's been so many regular trans women. When Tori Cooper was going through her issue with it with someone on the internet, I didn't see all y'all coming. Right, out. none of y'all was jumping up and um, protagonist posts like this is my girl and I, I've been there for her. There was no photo op activism and no so y'all pick and choose the girls that y'all rally behind and defend and it to me is really disgusting. And um, I feel like it's based on their proximity to whiteness. Right. It's, defend it's, it's all about I like can get you a job. Right. It's all about beauty, desirability politics, them trying to use her for, for a come up because they feel like if they're in close proximity to her and if they look pretty enough, she'll throw them a bomb. Because let's be clear. We need to unpack now and I want to know what your thoughts. I'm going to ask you this question, Brianna. What do you think is her appeal anyway? And I'm asking this as a community member that has for the longest struggled to figure out what is it now beyond her being extremely beautiful and a good spokesperson and maybe a talented producer? Because I ain't going to take nothing from the bitch. I want her to get all her tens for what she's good at. For those of us that are at, or leaders in this community that are activists that have from the ground up worked so hard to push forward some of these policies and create the culture that made her feel comfortable to come out in. A lot of us has helped create the culture that helped her feel comfortable to come out in. And then when she came out into our culture, so many people turned a blind eye to their sisters, all the talented work of the creatives that we know in this community, all of that. And y'all went full in behind Miss Janet Mock. Not saying that she didn't do the best job she could. Not saying she did a bad job. But I don't understand the appeal when we realize now that something is wrong with her as far as there's something in the water, something in the milk ain't done spoiled. There's something mm -hmm. going on. Why are y'all so insistent on keeping it? And for me, it, it makes me question what your motive was for keeping her in the first place. And so for me, sis, my question for you is what do you think is the reason why so many girls even really live for her to begin with? What do you think her appeal is to some of these girls in community? I, I feel like it's about access. They, they feel like Especially the the blue check girls that are surrounding her. It's about that. It's about that circle. It's about that access. Because at the end of the day, they want the benefits to come back around to to them. That's why I'm not worried about if some of our followers can't support us anymore or if it's shade. That's fine because we are setting our lives up in a way that we're still going to be able to sustain sustain ourselves and be good no matter what's going on. And that, and that, and when you do that, you don't get into situations like Janet Mock. Or you can go in, and if the negotiation is not going good, you can say, you know what, this is not working for this price that y'all are giving me. That is way under my. See, shit like this don't happen when you value yourself, when you know your worth, and you value yourself. You don't get into situations like this because somebody will throw you um, an amount that you know is beneath you, and you say, you know what? I'm doing fine over here. I'm doing fine over here. Mm -hmm. Give it to the next girl if they feel like that's what they're worth. But I'm not taking it. But yeah. when you're when you're when you're when when your come up is tied to a white person or a man being your escort into the game, you always going to um, end up um, ass out. That's just how, that's just how it works. Like nobody, like yeah, we need access and opportunities, but bitch, your talent is your ticket. Your talent is your ticket, and when you have value about yourselves. When you are so enterprising, it's just certain scenarios that you you just want to walk away from that don't serve you. And I feel like I feel like we still have the Janet Laverne syndrome, where girls want to be celebrities at this in this community at all costs, and they're living from pillar to post. They don't have a pot to piss in and a window to throw it out of. But because you have a social media following and you're able to tweak and edit and make it look a certain way. It's, it's easier to keep up appearances and so people can't really get to the root and ask the questions of is, is your foundation right 
I want to know how much more money she was making than the other black trans women cast members. I want to know how much they were making, how much they're making. Because there's a part of me that I'm sure that there were some girls in the audience that was like, Four, they got enough money to give her 40000 an episode and I'm getting the, I'm getting, I'm getting what's considered the minimum for the union, bitch. Like, girl, if we have 40000 to give away an episode to this woman, then, then what does that say about my paycheck? I mean, I'm sure that there is discrimination all around and and let me say this i'm sure she may not even have a control over other people's pay that's why she's struggling for hers my point is you gotta put everything in perspective when you are making more money than most people see in a year in an episode you probably should keep that in to have that conversation off the mic especially if you want us to have empathy for you when you want to bring up, I'm also abusing my position for employees. Like you, you, you tried to put those together and what we're doing is calling bullshit and asking that we separate them back out. We can have a conversation about pay and inequity and injustice in the industry. We can have a conversation about the way that we, about the, the images, the writing, the way that we've been treated historically. There's a lot of documentaries on, there's a wonderful documentary called, I believe it was Disclosure, mm-hmm. that touched on a lot of the issues that Hollywood has regarding the way they treat us. So it's a thing. But we also can have a conversation about truth. We also have a conversation about abuse of power. We also can have a conversation about the fact that I believe that a lot of you are upholding this woman because of her features. Is featureism happening? She looks good on TV. She's a complexion all of y'all can appreciate. She has she's a college educated. She's a mixed, she's, 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 she's mixed. She has a ambiguous appearance. And for a lot of you, particularly a community that is very superficial, that spends a lot of time minimizing girls that don't have a certain nose size, a certain jawline, a certain body build, a certain color. I know that we're a community that is very toxic about that. We are, we judge each other that way. So I know a lot of you, the only reason why you so far up her ass is because you want to be her. Right. She has the mug that you've been trying to get with your FFS and that's what draws you. And that's fine. But don't make it like I am a hater because I'm not caught in it. Because I'm not caught into this. That it matters to me what's in your heart as well as what comes out of your mouth, as well as what, 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 what you look like. All of those things together work in concert for me. And I don't believe from what I've observed and what she admitted that she's been exuding the best characteristics of what I would consider a, 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 a leader. Leadership also requires that you connect, not just to the celebrities around you or the rich people you want to impress or your small little circle, but being a leader, particularly a community leader, means you connect to community. You connect to rank and file members. You connect to other community leaders, not in a way that is always publicizing on camera for you to do the photo op and then tip off with your gay squad. No, actually connecting and having conversations with not just leaders that are in your little small circle that look like you, that may work for one of the white nonprofits that you live for. No, 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 no. Actually connecting and really, really engaging in community would have done a lot to garner more sympathy from us in this situation. But because I myself and others have experienced you in a way that felt disingenuous before this, it, we, I can only, it only leads me to believe when you admit how you treated our lady J and how I see you treat your employees, that you, someone, you are someone who is a manipulator. You are someone who will abuse authority. You are someone who has been given a mantle of leadership that perhaps we should reevaluate and look back into why we gave you this position to begin with. Because... It's not like you you dedicated your life to this because this was your purpose. And I do believe that God can correct lives. And I read your, your book and I do believe you have a compelling story. And I get that, that your anointing made room for you. This is not me hating about where you are. It's that you got there. You, feel, you said, fuck everybody around you until your money wasn't right. And then now that your money, now that your money fucked up, you're taking the work of all the people around you 
and saying fuck my employees, literally and physically. Like, you like, you know what I'm saying? Figuratively and literally saying fuck fucking your employees. Like, this is a problem, sis. And I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like, I just, what do you think? Do what do you think her path to atonement looks like? Um, I just feel like she just needs to stay out the spotlight. Just, just stay. It, it, if this is really, can her she come purging, back from this? Yeah, if this is really her purging and her needing to work on herself, then really do that. Like, just step back from the spot. And this doesn't mean that she can't produce or if she's still able to keep the Netflix deal on the table that she can't move forward. But girl, if if, it, if it's this contentious for you, then you really need to step back and do some soul work. And I'm not saying that to be facetious. Bitch, we all have had to step back. I have had to step back and reevaluate myself who I be, how how I want to be perceived in this work. Like we all have to, we all have to do it. And I'm I'm not above I'm not above anybody, you know, elevating and evolving. Do I think she could evolve? She could if she has the right people around her. My thing is she, she I get the impression that she has too many yes men around her. She has too many people that are in awe of the Janet Mock star. And I don't know if they're going to keep it real with her in the ways that she needs the she needs that realness around her. I hope that she's able to um, atone. I hope she's able to um, find the lessons in this because there are because again somebody that values values themselves, somebody that moves in true intentions, somebody that centers the community in the stuff that they do. You don't end up in these type of situations when you move that way. You just don't, you just you don't dishonor yourself in that way. And you don't dishonor yourself for that long. If you had a problem with the low pay, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have accepted the offer. At any point, you could have said, you know what? This is not we see, we see it happen in the industry all the time where going from season to season there are creative differences or financial differences and people can walk away and nobody would have never had to known about the details of this this was the last season right so it's not like she was even really setting herself up for this to be a different pay conversation for a new season right it was literally a grandstand and in my opinion i believe it was a cover-up i believe uh, she i believe that she knew that it was going to eventually come out that she had done some inappropriate things with subordinates I think that she knew that that moment was going and, to happen. And she, the, and she has a pattern of be, trying to beat the punch with some information. Hence is how we even came to know who she was. And it's no, it's no tea or no shade. It's just from my perception. This is looking like a pattern. Miss Mama was going to have a scandal involving more than one of her employees she was having sex with. I guess the executive turned a blind eye to Angel because it looked good and it drove the show. The show's executive producer falls in love with its hot male lead, Little Poppy, that everyone loves. And this is all allegedly, but go ahead. Rob, yes, this is all allegedly, but I believe that they, I believe that it's, I, it's, I could see a world in my hypothetical that is not accurate and is alleged. I could see a world in my hypothetical where they looked at that relationship and said, oh, that's cute. She's a producer. Well, the fact that she kept her job means that they did think it was cute. Okay. She <laughs> she was a producer fucking with a cast member. So apparently in whatever contracts they have, that must be allowed. Okay. Because that was able to happen and she kept her job and he kept his. Fraternization is a thing. So I don't know how that was able to, but, but she that, that was a thing. So she's dating him openly. Showing up the red carpets with him on the arm. So I'm, I'm not, this is all alleged, but we there are things that we've observed. So this executive producer is dating an employee and apparently that was okay with the powers that be. I think she knew though that it was going to come out and it was going to fuck up her relationship with Ariel that she was fucking a crew member as well. So what do I do? I get the mic and I do my standoff. How do I start off? I'm not going to start with I fucked a crew member. No. Why am I only getting paid 40,000? Trans lives matter. God bless America. Everyone needs love and support. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love each and every one of you. I'm doing the best that I can. Brian, I brought the girls. All of these other things are the face, the facade. Because then eventually what happens now we get to why we're here. 
Stand up right now. <laughs> right now. I love this motherfucker. <laughs> I was going to leave you. What did I do? I fucked the crew member. Okay, sis. That's where you lost me. If we are going to have any integrity when we say stop killing us, if we're going to have any integrity when we say this is not right and we're going to point out oppression, if we're going to have any integrity as content creators, if we're going to have any integrity in community, when we want people to have, to have, when we talk about what it means to have real justice and equity, we would be hypocrites. We would, we would have no integrity if we did not acknowledge that this is a fucked up moment. And this woman is going to have to explain. And she should not be given this kind of power again. Because what we see is that she cannot handle herself around subordinates. Period. That's what is matters to me, that I am being honest and saying that I do not think that this is fucking okay, because as someone that has been in a power position where I felt like someone over me was making me feel like if I didn't do something, that something would have bad would happen for me, for, for my career, this is messy and nasty and triggering as fuck. And I don't think that it's okay, and I'm not going to be quiet about it, and I, I personally am proud. So like my sister said earlier, for those of you who are listening that really, really live for us and you're mad, stay mad because I sleep well. Me and my creator are at peace. Me and my sister, we feel good about the content we're putting out today because what we're doing is saying until we get further evidence or more information to clarify what she has revealed that no one fucking asked her for, okay? We're going to take her oversharing and we're going to acknowledge that there's some signs of abuse. And it is important to me, it is important to us that we are being honest, that we will not stand for it. We do not support that at Box Number 5 to a podcast and it is not okay and it will never be okay. And if you don't like it, you can go the fuck elsewhere. So I think we said all we need to say I mean, we like I said, I hope that, um, this is on the path to restorative justice. And, you know, I don't know her personally. I theoretically love her. She is a sister of the community, but I'm not loving blindly. I just I think that I don't think that's responsible. I, I think we I think we have to be willing to tell the truth and we have to be willing to put all facts on the table and not just the facts that make us feel comfortable. Like we're like that. I, that's just irresponsible, and that's not. We we can't we can't have double standards with ourselves. So I, I hope sis, I I feel comfortable ending the episode off. I hope this. I hope sis is on the path of restorative justice. I hope sis is on a path to loving herself and valuing herself, so she'll never be in a situation again, and she can move with integrity and move with um value and move with community in her heart her heart so i also want to end on these words before i take us out that we love you this is not a critique that is like you said like my sister just eloquently put this is not a critique that is not rooted in love because we understand that you are us we are you whether we want to be affiliated with you or not but what we will not do is associate ourselves because we kind of we, we, we kind of do the same thing and we look alike. We don't want to be affiliated with the abuse. And the goal for me is to talk about that and to advocate for abuses of power, for people that have been victims of abuses of power. But also on another level, I want you to know that I care about your mental health. And I did not want to presume or bring that into the space because that is not an assumption that I think is healthy for anyone to make. But if you are dealing with something, we acknowledge, and I understand as someone that also has a journey, that there's a journey to healing there. If there's a substance issue, which is something we did not want to presume about, but could be the case, because this is very erratic behavior. I want you to know that we support you and we hope that you are able to get on your path to recovery if that's what it is. If this was just a bad day, it was a fucked up day, sis. And we, hope and we all have had them. And we've all had them and we hope you have better days going forward. We thank you for everyone that does, has listened to this rant today and this conversation. And we look forward to many, many more. 
here at Box Number Five Twelve Podcast, we enjoy enjoy good dialogue and discourse, even if it's difficult sometimes. We love y'all. This has been another episode of Box Number Five Twelve Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk, and I'm one of your co-hosts, the Lioness. And I am Aeon. Good night. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. Bye.